the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Well, um, we have a great show for you today. I hope that you guys enjoyed the interview last week with Avishai Levi. I tell you what, that man, he's just a treasure trove of, of knowledge. And it's always a pleasure to speak with him because he's always sharing, you know, all the knowledge and the information that he's learned over the years and that he's been teaching over the years. So I hope you all enjoyed that. If you did miss last week's broadcast where uh, we met with Avishai Levi, who is formerly a professor of history and who actually was our tour guide last year and the past couple times that we've gone to Israel, you can listen to the previous episode on our website, www.sogmi.org. But it's all really exciting. And we've got all the other episodes Back into, it goes back a couple of years now. Um, we've been on the radio for several years now, so, but God continues to bless us and God continues to provide for us um, in ways that are oftentimes very surprising. That's just part of the way God operates. So, just an update concerning Pastor Chris. She just came back from the Philippines this past week, and I'm sure it was a very fruitful and productive trip, but I know that she's tired from traveling, but you will be hearing from her soon, and she'll be able to tell you about some of what happened while in the Philippines. She has uh, many testimonies and stories to share with you, so look forward to that in the coming weeks. It's just really exciting. We were just in the Philippines just a couple of months ago, just a couple of months ago. And, you know, Pastor Chris, she was sent right back, you know, just a couple of months later. But that's part of the season that we're in. We're in the season where we can't slow down. We can't slow down. We can't allow our momentum to slow because God is preparing us to manifest the transfer of wealth, influence and affluence. And a couple of weeks ago, you know, um, I was sharing at Freedom Fellowship. There's often this misconception surrounding the transfer of wealth, influence, affluence, because people just think in terms of monetary gain. They just think in terms of wealth. When the transfer of wealth happens, I'll be well off. I'll be blessed. Of course, I'll remember to tithe, but I'm also going to be able to pay my bills and this and that. But the truth is, is that while God does want us to be financially prosperous, that, that viewpoint is so limiting as to the calling and the purpose that God has for us, when we say transfer of wealth, influence, affluence, it's not just monetary gain for God's believers. It's not just your your business doing well or being prosperous. It's not you being able to pay off your bills. It's much, much more than that. Because God is setting the stage, and, and we can choose to take the opportunity that he said or not, but God is setting the stage 
where he's enabling the body of Christ to take institutional control over every sector of society. And I'm talking political sector, business sector, technology sector, entertainment sector, education sector, and much more. And that's why we include affluence and affluence, because... You see, the thing is, is that the church once had institutional power, but we became so distracted, right? We had institutional power at many points. Every Ivy League school had Christian foundings. Many of the Ivy League schools were founded to train pastors to teach the gospel and preach the gospel. But the church historically let go of that, and they receded behind the four walls of their church— so what happened? We allowed the entertainment industry to get out of control. We allowed the education sectors to be taken over, the political sectors to be taken over. Because why? We're the salt and the light of the earth. So God enabled the body of Christ to have dominion in every area, but we receded behind the four walls of our church. And that's not how we're supposed to live. But God in this time, in this year even, he's enabling the body of Christ to begin to become the leaders and the innovators in every sector of society. And as that happens, institutional control will be shifted to the righteous. And we have to understand because, you know, you look at every establishment entity, every establishment entity, and every area is being shaken up. In our current climate, you look at the political area and it's been completely shaken up. The old ways of doing politics isn't going to work anymore because the entire paradigm has shifted and many established entities and many established persons are being shaken from their area of comfort because every area is going to be shaken. And now you, you look at the entertainment industry last year in 2017, Hollywood had the worst domestic box office sales that it's had in like 20 years and then you see the the growing decline in cable subscriptions you see that basically the way people are consuming entertainment is completely shifting and the old media doesn't understand how to react to it yet and i've just mentioned two areas but we have to understand that god is setting up every established entity is being shaken their foundation is being shaken and if we, the body of Christ, if we, if we choose to obey God, pursue the call that he has for us, then we will be partakers of the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence. See, it's not just wealth. And it's going to manifest in every area of society. So it's not just wealth. And we have to stop thinking in terms of like, oh, you know, Many times, people, we have very straightforward, very simple desires. God, I want my house paid off. God, I want to get married. God, I want to be able to get a new car. God, I want to be able to start my own business. And there's nothing wrong with asking for those things or even desiring those things. But God's desires and God's plan is so far greater than our own plan. So, yeah, we could live a happy life and have our bills paid off. And many of us would be happy and satisfied with that. But, but for God, God wants us to rule and reign with Christ and establish his kingdom here on earth. See, that's something miraculous. That's something supernatural. And if we obey God, then we're going to see his kingdom manifest in every 
sector of society. And I'm telling you, it's really exciting because you look at all the established entities and there's a cultural shift and a technological shift happening right now in our midst. We are experiencing a cultural shift. We're witnessing it right now. And if we follow God and if we obey God, we can be at the forefront of that. We can be at the forefront and we can cause it to shift towards righteousness. But we can't go back to the old ways of doing things. We can't get caught up in our doctrines. We can't become obsessed with legalism and prioritizing it over the person itself, over the salvation of the person. Much like the Pharisees, they were more concerned with legalism. They were more concerned with traditions than the well-being of those that were serving God. But I believe that God has raised up many spiritual leaders that have seen this, that understand this, that we are living in a new age and we're going to go forth into prosperity. And it's, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, it's going to be miraculous. It's going to be amazing to witness what happens this year 2018. So I'm really excited. And that's why I wanted to share this message with you. Cause you look at the Bible, look at, for example, Abraham, right? At the time when he was called by God, it was just Abram. The Bible says God spoke to Abraham and he said, leave your father's household and go to a place I will tell you. Okay. So God calls Abram from a place that he's comfortable into an unknown. And he says, go to the place I will lead you. So Abram didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what the plan was. He didn't know what he was going to do. But it was a place where God was telling him to go. And then what did God say to Abraham? Well, he said, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Now that's a pretty incredible statement. I mean, imagine taking that in. Not only will you be blessed, but all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. We often have in stories, this idea of the call of destiny, right? That the, the hero is just going about his day when he suddenly received that call of destiny. And the truth is we all have a sort of call of destiny in our lives. We can go about our daily walk. Abraham could have lived his life normal. He was in his father's household. Maybe he was set to inherit his father's estate or some of his father's wealth. Maybe he would have been well off. But God's plan was so much greater than what Abraham in his own mind could have possibly had. So what did Abraham do? Well, he left. He stepped out in faith and followed the call of destiny that God had placed upon him. And that's how we need to be. When God calls us, we got to go. We have to see it. It's like, God, I see this opportunity that you have for me, and I'm not going to let it go. See, because this is so much greater than what Abraham himself could have planned. But he said, God called me. God says he has this plan for me, so I'm going to fulfill it. And when we take on that attitude, when we're willing to go forth and step out in faith, that's when the miracles happen. That's when the manifestations happen. That's when the signs and wonders start to happen. So we have to take that call of destiny. We have to see that opportunity and we have to seize it. And if we don't, then somebody else will take the place. 
And, you know, you look at the call of Elisha, the prophet Elisha, and it's funny because Elijah and Elisha, they have very similar names. So it's very easy to to mistake between the two because they both have similar names. They followed one after another. First it was Elijah, then it was Elisha. But you look at the story of Elijah and he performed all these miracles, all these signs and these wonders. You know, he said that there would be a great drought and it wouldn't end until he said it would end. And so the king decided, well, I'm going to kill him, even though he's the only one who can stop the famine. So that's kind of funny. But Elijah, what he was sustained, the birds came and they fed him, the animals came and they fed him, God sustained him. And then basically at the time, Elijah came back and he said, bring forth, you know, all your prophets of Baal, all these false prophets, all these diviners and all these uh, mystics or whatever. And we're going to all make a sacrifice to our God. So he had the prophets of Baal and they were weeping and hollering out to Baal and nothing was happening. They were cutting themselves. They were dancing. And this was going on for hours, all this wailing and moaning and whining out to the, the false God Baal. And and Elijah, you know, he's taunting them a little bit. He says, oh, perhaps, you know, he, maybe he went to the bathroom or maybe he's sleeping, you know, try yelling louder. Maybe you can wake him up, you know, very mocking, which is kind of funny when you think about it, because you don't really think of the Bible of these kinds of things happening. But then Elijah comes out and he, he gives an offering to God. He sacrifices an animal and he pours out water. And you have to remember, too, there was a drought for at this time, you know, the drought had been there for a long time, so water was very valuable. Um, and so that's just something to think of in context. But he, he gave this offering to God, and God took the offering. God took the offering. He took up the sacrificed animal, and he drank up that water. And then because of this, then Elijah put to death all the false prophets of Baal. And then he told the king, go back to your kingdom, or go back, and you need to hitch up your chariot now before the rain and so the king, he goes back and Elijah met him there. He outran the chariots and the horses. And then the, the rain came that had been held back for so long. But what happened after that? And then the king told his wife Jezebel and Jezebel said she swore by her gods that she would kill Elijah. But instead of being defiant and confident like Elijah normally is, this time he was overcome with fear. And he said, God, they're trying to kill me. They're trying to kill me. It's like, You'd think that he would have learned, but, you know, I think he would have known that, well, they've been trying to kill me all my life. Surely God will protect me now. But Jezebel came after him and he became overcome with fear. And that's something that we have to keep in check, too, is that our flesh, if we allow it to, will yank us right back down. We might be high and lofty. We might be, you know, covered in the anointing. We might be operating in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But the second we allow our flesh to seize control and seize the reins, our old man, the one that's supposed to be dead, second we allow it to seize control, then we get yanked right out of that. So Elijah was overcome with fear. And so he ran away and then he was hiding in the cave. And we know the story. A great wind came by. So it was a storm. A storm came by and God was not in the storm. An earthquake came by. He was not in the earthquake, but in the still quiet voice. That's what God appeared in. And many people talk about that story. But at the time, you see Elijah, he was hiding. And so when God appears to him in this voice, he says, I'm the last of your prophets, God. They're trying to kill me. And they've killed everyone else. And they're going to kill me now. And I'm the only one left. And so Elijah, you know, had a little bit of this pride that had grown up inside of him that he wasn't even aware of. Because then God says to him, no, there are thousands that have not 
about to bail that can seize up the calling that you have at any opportunity. So you have to understand that if we fall out of line, there's something that Pastor Chris always says, that in the heart of God, every one of us is unreplaceable. But when it comes to our calling, we are replaceable. And if we don't take that call of destiny, you know, that Abrahamic call, that call of destiny, and go forth with faith in God and go forth and obey him, somebody else will take our place. And this is where the call of Elisha came in. So God instructed Elijah to anoint Elisha. And if we look at what happened when God called Elisha, it's really interesting how Elisha reacted to it. So if we go to 1 Kings chapter 19, in verse 19 it says, So Elijah went out from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elijah then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. So let's look at this reaction. Elijah doesn't even say a word to Elisha. He just throws his cloak, gives him his mantle, and walks away. Well, Elisha's like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the call of destiny. This is, this is God calling me. And at that second, he runs after Elijah. And he says, let me just say goodbye to my family, and then I'm going to come with you. And then look at what Elisha does next. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them, all the oxen, dead. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. So look at this reaction. So Elisha right? He, he had his oxen to plow. He, he ran his land. Well, as soon as he received the call of destiny, he said, that's it. I'm all in. He didn't even leave himself a backup. He killed all of his oxen, burned all his plowing equipment and gave the meat from the oxen to the people. So what was he saying? He said, I see the call that you have on me, God. I'm going to pursue it with full abandon. I'm not even going to leave a backup for myself. Because that was his old life. That was his old life, what he had known before. And he said, I'm all in, God. I'm going to pursue you all the way. I'm going to pursue this calling all the way. So he saw that call of destiny. He saw the call that God had for him. And that was it. That was it. He was sold from that second. And that's the attitude that we need to have. You know, it's really easy for us. And many times we get caught. It's like, yeah, God, I'm going to obey you. But we have this, this plan in the back of our head, this backup plan in the back of our head. Let's be like Elisha. Let's go after the Lord with full abandon. And that's why Jesus said, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to do tomorrow. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And that's such an interesting concept because it's not something you can do half-heartedly, seeking first the kingdom of God. It's an, it's an all-or-nothing kind of idea, and it's one that you don't really run into in many other places, but it doesn't work unless the kingdom of God is first, above your finances, above your relationships, above your family, above everything. If you seek after the will of God, the kingdom of God, what God has called on your life, then don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink, what you're going to wear, how, you, how things are going to be provided for, where things are going to come from. Because so long 
as you seek after the kingdom of God and the call that God has for you, then all those things will be added unto you. So what is our call in this day and age? Well, we know if we look back at the call of Abraham, and this is what's so interesting, right? God said to Abraham, I'll make your name great. I will bless you. You'll be a great nation and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, the interesting thing is that we are adopted into sonship with Abraham. So by proxy, we are also partakers of that calling that God gave Abraham, that through you, a son or a daughter of God, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. See, because we are part of that calling, because we are sons adopted into the Abrahamic covenant, right? So we are continuation of that calling that God has for Abraham. So as sons and daughters of Abraham, as we obey God, where we go, we are blessing those around us. When God sends us out, he sends us to the nations. He sends us to various peoples. Why? To bless them, to bring the gospel, to bring healing, restoration, miracles, signs, and wonders. So that's part of the calling that we have, that wherever we are, we will be a blessing to the nations. So let's start thinking in that mindset that all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you because that's what happens to us when we obey God. You think, you know, there, every once in a while, there's, there's someone who's anointed of God who really goes after and they pursue the calling that God has for them, really pursue God and his ways of doing things. And, you know, many of those people, they bring about revival. They bring about numerous salvations. And you can, I'm sure you can think off the top of your head, a couple of ministers who are anointed, who have touched thousands and millions of lives. Well, through them and their obedience to God, the nations of the earth have been blessed. See, so as we receive and we act out the calling God has for us, then the nations of the earth will be blessed. And that's where this transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence comes in. Because as Pastor Chris says, there's three criteria when it comes to the blessings and, and things that are from God. Yes, you'll benefit. So yes, transfer of wealth. You'll benefit, but God will get the glory and the people of God will also benefit from it. So the transfer of wealth isn't just for us, but it's for the nations. The transfer of influence and affluence, it's not just for us, it's for the nations. So we have to think in terms, you're not just blessed to be blessed, but you're blessed to be a blessing to others and those around you and to the nations. So I encourage all of you to take these words to heart. It's, it's a really exciting time that we're living in right now because we are really living in the time of miracles, signs and wonders, manifestation. And when you look at what's happening in the political sector, I mean, so much has happened and you look at, you know, all the media pundits and all the people, they're just so baffled. Like, how can, how can all of this happen? How can all of this happen? We know that God is shaking things up. And it's funny because Many times he'll use unconventional people and unconventional ways of doing things. And when you don't understand, it's really easy to get caught up in confusion. God, God, what's happening? How could these things be happening? Just remember, you know, we have to continue to pray for our political leaders, whether you agree with them or not, especially if you don't agree with them. If you got nothing nice to say, then you need to pray to God because we're instructed to pray for those in authority over us. 
even if you don't agree with them. But if we look at what's happening in the media industry, the entertainment industry, the political sector, and the education sector, things are coming to fruition and everything's being shaken. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But it's not bad news for us in the body of Christ. Not at all. So long as we obey God, we're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders manifest. So I hope you all enjoyed this broadcast for today. I hope that it was a blessing to you. If you want to support us and you want to support this ministry, be sure to go to our website, sogmi.org. Again, that's S-O-G-M-I.org. You can go and you can hit that donate button and you can support this radio broadcast, our ministry, and many of the outreaches that we do around the world. And we do have some very exciting changes coming to our online ministry and our online outreaches um, that I think will be very exciting. I don't know if I can share all of them with you now, but we will be announcing some of these changes to our online ministry, the radio ministry, some of what's going on, some videos and audios and teachings that we have planned that we're going to be releasing out. And we're working to become much more efficient in getting these things out to you guys. So we're really excited about what's happening with the website and everything, all the media and everything. Because as these things are happening in this day and age, we can't afford to slow down. So we're going to keep getting higher and higher and higher and more prosperous and become more efficient. So we're really excited. And again, before we go, I just want to remind you, too, that we do have a prophetic conference at the end of this month. That's March 30th and 31st. You don't want to miss this one because, you know, every single conference we have, God is revealing new things every single month, every single year. So if you want to register for this conference, there's no cost, there's no fees to enter, but you do need to register because seating's limited and, you know, people are starting to fill up. And once we fill up, we, we can't, you know, we can't invite anybody else because where are they going to sit? So make sure to go to our website, www.sogmi.org. Go over to the events tab and you can register there online today. Again, it's free. We want this to be open so that everyone can receive the word that God has for the body of Christ and what he's been sharing with us. So I encourage all of you to come out this month, but that's about all the time we have for today. Continue to walk in the blessing, continue to receive the call that God has for you and act on it. Still, until next time, God bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.